Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Reverend Kelly Islo with my co-host Reverend Ogan Holder and welcome to With Love and Justice for All where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression um, in all its forms and we also like to take on special challenges that arise uh, within spiritual communities and as spiritual seekers. So we love for you to join the conversation and you can do that by calling in 816 816- Two five one three five five five, or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, Project Sanctus, or at Get Our Holy On. You can find us there at, at that. That's our call sign, so to speak. Hi, Ogan. How are you? Hi. I am another day in paradise, as I like to say. It's another day in paradise. Um, I would like just to take a moment to thank my mother once again for pushing those unhealed buttons that exists within me. Well, she installed them, right? She knows where they are. This is nothing to do. Well, you know, it kind of sort of is related to today's show in a little bit. I can shoehorn it in. You know, today, today we're talking about uh, the idea of both and versus both sides, right? So the, the idea of both and, and we, we spoke about this in our Instagram live feed a few months ago. I don't remember if we talked about it here or not. It's all blurring together. Yes. But yeah, but we, we talked about the, we talked about the idea of both and, you know, this, this, this thought of being, being open to, to different perspectives, um, um, being more uh, inclusionary. Is that a word? Inclusionary, inclusive, inclusive. inclusive. Yep. I like inclusionary. I'm going to go with that. I don't okay. know if it's real or not, but I'm going to go yep. with that. Uh, versus both sides, which kind of says like, you know, an, an opposing view um, kind of needs to have the same amount of airtime and attention and the same amount of value. And I think we question that. Um, or this is the this is the this is the discussion today. Does both and mean both sides? Does both and being open to perspectives mean that all perspectives have value? And do we have to honor the multiple realities presented? Does every viewpoint carry the same weight? That's part of the discussion because, and we'll get into it. But but briefly related to <laughs> briefly related to my my mom, she she calls me today. And let me start by let me start by saying let me start by saying I acknowledge and I I I am owning my responsibility in this as a person who does not call his mother on a regular basis. I that's me. I own I own that. She calls me today to um ask me to do something for her and I said sure, I'll do this. And my mom lives in Barbados. I'm here in the US and I was like been a while since we talked. How you doing? And she's like, "Oh man, I'm finally feeling myself again." I'm like, "What happened? I had COVID. I had COVID." She says. What? I was like, "Wait, what?" Right. She goes, "Yes, I had I had COVID." And I was like, "I was like, well, what happened? Why didn't you tell me?" She says, as she often does when she doesn't tell me stuff, is, "Well, I didn't want you to be waking up every morning being worried about me, so." I didn't, I didn't tell you. And I was like, well, I also don't want to get the call if it didn't go well, <laughs> that you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> to which she says, no, if it, if it was good, if it was taking a turn for the worse, I would have let you know. And I said, well, I'm glad you're okay. Was it, was it really bad? She goes, no, I just lost my appetite and didn't eat for two weeks. <laughs> like, I'm really skinny now. <laughs> I'm like, how, how is that not? How yeah. is that not bad? I shouldn't be taking this airtime to to air this frustration. This happened this morning, and clearly, I'm still not over it, right? <laughs> but well, it's the let me decide about being worried. Please stop deciding for me. Exactly, exactly, right. That is a perspective that I do not value. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is a reality that I do not want to accept, and I don't think it's healthy. You know, this whole like. I'm only going to tell you when I think you should know and it's okay 
nothing. Now, now she is vaccinated. <laughs> she went into this whole litany of reasons why she thinks she survived it, including all the multivitamins she takes and yada, yada, yada. And I yeah. said, no, mom, it was the vaccine. Right. <laughs> the vaccine is likely the re- reason why you did not get any sicker than you got. But I am, I am very glad, very relieved that she's okay. Please don't hear that I'm not. It's yeah. just, you know, this is one of these things from childhood of like, you know, it was the same thing around uh, type two diabetes and bipolar and, and high blood pressure running in our family. Didn't find this out till well into my late twenties <laughs> when I accidentally stumbled upon her, giving herself like an insulin shot or something. I was like, what is that? Right. And then she tells me, and I was like, why didn't you tell me before? I don't want you to worry about me. I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about me. That shit's hereditary. Yes, and I, I know. And I can do something about it. Yeah, uh. it is a different perspective. Um, <laughs> definitely. Because, uh, you know, my, my, uh, I just, a default I've learned to kind of, whether I'm there or not, is I go, parents are so hard to raise. Oh, aren't you know, it, they just, it, it just helps me decompress a little bit so I can, you know, yeah. you know, beat the crap out of her later. Um, yes. I had to train my parents to, uh, to, I actually had to train them. It took me a few years to get them into, um, like not after the fact, well, yeah, I took your dad a couple of weeks ago to the pain management because yesterday was actually the anniversary of his death. He died in 2000. Um, but it, but this, this conversation went on all the time. I'm like, ah, oh, and it was about a different perspective. Yep. It totally was. I mean, we're not completely off base while it may not be have anything to do with anti-racism, but it's how <laughs> it's how it's what we hold in consciousness. It's how we think the meaning making. Right. I'm trying to protect. I, I'm, you know, oh, it's not a big deal, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to. Yeah, I had to really beat my parents over the head. Like, let I me feel, decide. I feel a I feel a course coming on that we should create. How yeah. to train your parents. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's how to train your dragon, right? Right. Exactly. So how to train your parents. Yeah. That's, that's what this I did. I would get so I would get so angry. Like, let me decide. You're not actually helping. You're making it worse. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, exactly. So, um, so, so the sort of you know steer the ship way. back to yeah. steer the ship back to the grander topic at hand, though. Right. But, but um, I think part of, so let's, let's break this down a little bit. Talk a little bit more about the both and, because again, we, I, I said, uh, if you want to, if you want to hear more detailed discussion around this, um, check out, uh, our Project Sanctus Instagram feed. As Kelly said, it was at get our holy on is, is our IG handle. Um, and scroll back a few months. I think we did this all the way back in summer. Maybe but uh, August been, or September, August, I think maybe. It's, yeah. It's been a while, but, but we yeah. have a, we have a whole video on, on the both hand. Yeah. So, so break that down a little bit um, for us. And, and, and what does that really mean and look like? Well, it's the, it both and is, is really our, it points to our capacity to hold paradox. And the interesting thing about it is that um, depending on where we are in our, development, like biologically, psychologically, um, it, it really does influence and kind of determine whether or not you can hold a paradox, meaning two, you know, opposite, seemingly opposite truths or, you know, ideas, for lack of a better word, um, but, but both of them incomplete in and of themselves, but they, you know, at, at times need each other you know, yeah. for, for an overall um, health of an organism, a person, an organization. I mean, that's the context I use it in. So when I talk about, you know, paradox or a polarity or a tension, a dilemma, a conflict, they're all kind of um, synonyms is I'm talking about, you know, the both and is, can I, is there value in either, you know, and in both to some degree? Um, and I'm not, it's not about opposites, like, a right and a wrong. That's the other one where the, we have, so the title is both and, and, or both sides. So both and is really engaging a thinking and the capacity to, to when two truths kind of bump up against each other, but they're opposite, like which is better activity or rest, you know, which is better inhaling or exhaling, you know, which is better (laughs) contemplative, you know, practice or, you know, being in action, 
you know, which is, which, I mean, there's, there's a never ending um, sets right. of values and that's really what it is when we talk about both and, but not everybody has the, actually has the capacity to, to hold both. Cause there's a tension in there that's right. not solvable. That's eternal, but yet our brain wants to, there has to be a right answer. And this is how, you know, that where it starts to move into, you know, white, um, uh, white body culture, that, that idea of, you know, there is a right, an either or thinking, there is a right way, there is, um, you know, a perfect way. And, you know, produce like all this focus on task and get her done and the right way and blah, blah, blah. So both and is really stretches us and moves us into discomfort. And oftentimes, inviting us to, you know, one of the other multicultural agreements to try it on, you know, am Mm -hmm. I willing to try it on, um, you know, a different point of view. It also points us to what you already said, is it um, just because it's different, does it actually hold um, the same value? And, and a lot of that, a lot of that desire for, for the right, the right versus wrong, the certainty to define these things is, you know, based in that desire to be comfortable, to, to right. be safe. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's our, our biological, <clears throat> sorry, our biological almost in, in invective is be, be safe and right. don't do anything that causes discomfort and right. not knowing causes yeah. discomfort. Yeah. Um, for many of us, that's, that's the premier source of our, our worry and concern. I don't know what's going to happen next. Right. And, and, um, and I often refer to worry as the misuse of our power of imagination. We can, sure, we can, we can conjure up all the worst case scenarios and we can just as equally conjure up all the best case scenarios. Which one are we going to fall asleep to at night? But, but that desi- and, and that tension that you talk about, again, if we have some certainty and I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see it, which would be all of you. <laughs> Except Kelly, I'm using air quote. That's certainty. Imagine Ogan doing air quotes. <laughs> I'm, I can see you, so I'm air quoted, and it's right, like, no, right, right. but nobody else can. That certainty is the illusion of safety. And the weird thing about it is, I'll speak for myself. I know that even when I I believe I'm certain about a thing, I know it's not real. I know it's not certain. I know anything yeah. else can happen. So it's like I'm deluding myself into thinking that I know what's going to be the outcome and, and it doesn't really help me, you know, it may help me for about 30 seconds, but then I go like, yeah, that's, yeah, anything can happen here. So, so, so part of the the other, the other piece of that though, is that, that, um, you know, when you talk about the certainty and the safety and everything is that we are hardwired to, um, when something unknown comes into our, you know, onto our radar screen or into our mm-hmm. plane of reality, the amygdala go auto, we're biologically wired to where's the safety, where's the yep, survival, yep. you know, so that's, that's already in play. So we, um, part of it in our capacity to, to hold both and thinking is for me is one of the beginning steps is to let ourselves off the hook for you know, what the, what the body, the biology already does, you know, it's, but we have a huge judgment about, well, you shouldn't be afraid or why are you afraid? Or, you know, if you're afraid, you're thinking this or thinking that as opposed to, well, let's pause for a second, know that there's a bio biology at work for a moment. um, And then we can move into, you know, where do you go from there? Yeah. And, and, and that's a, that's a thing that, um, I like to say we like in us in spiritual communities, like to, uh, metaphysical malpractice ourselves on, we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be uncomfortable. Um, you know, if, if we are in fear, what are you, what are you holding in your consciousness that's making you afraid of that, that sort of thing? Whereas that's, that is our, that is our hardwired reaction. It's neither good nor bad. It's just what is. Don't metaphysical me. Don't metaphysical me. Don't metaphysical you. There you go. (laughs) Right. What, what, what the question is, how do you respond? Do you respond and react from the fear and, and do what? makes you safe but is may not be the best choice or makes you feel safe gives you makes you give into the illusion of safety or 
not? Or do you realize, as you say, that tension, that, that discomfort, that's, that's where the good stuff is. That's where the growth happens. That's what, um, in, in a weird way pulls us apart, but really it's pulling us apart to open us up. Right. Uh, so that, yes. so that, yeah, so that we can, we can grow comfort zones, nice places to live, but nothing ever grows there. No. And, and I, I like the way you put that about the, um, uh, and you just said it 10 seconds ago and it's already left my brain uh, when that just because we're discom we're uncomfortable doesn't mean we also can't have a sense of safety. That's a paradox. Exactly. exactly. And once we realize, once we notice that, you know, we're, we've been, you know, the amygdala has been hijacked. Right. And I'm in, you know, give it 60, 90 seconds and it, you know, and, and just take a breath and pause and notice the discomfort and, you can, um, you can, you can be in both. You can know that you're safe and know that there's some discomfort and know that there's still the, I don't know things and that there's the, you know, don't necessarily have clarity of what's next yet still having a sense of groundedness and safety. And I can keep going, you know, people that, you know, I imagine anyone who's, um, um, you know, like a, a Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr. or anyone um, who's, you know, the quote unquote peaceful protesting, there's a sense of groundedness and and some, some I don't know how safe they felt, but I imagine there's some sense of groundedness or settled in the body while you're also, you know, being in discomfort and, and not knowing where something's going to go. Yeah. And and a lot of it is is the making peace with with the undesirable outcome. Like there's yes. there's you know these were these were folks who by all by all appearances made peace with the fact that one day they one one of these protests they go on they may not come back home from right. you know Martin Luther King's final sermon about you know I've I've been to the mountain top of see the promised land I won't get there with you like there was a yeah. there was a sense of I don't want to say resignation, but no, there was there was a sense of I'm aware that this is the out this is a possible outcome and I'm okay with that. And I think for many of us the the undesirable outcomes we haven't made peace with yet and are still um struggling with. So 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 to bring us back into the context of, of anti racism, so some examples of the of the both and occur could occur when you know um some somebody of one ethnicity race says here is my experience here's what i experienced in at this occasion and somebody else of a different experience of a different ethnicity and race go i was there too that was not my experience yeah <laughs> i i have a totally different experience from what you're experiencing Right. And we've, and, and I've, I've seen this, I think we both have, uh, in, in discussions with people from different spiritual communities around this area where some people are saying more, more often than not, the white bodies are saying, Oh no, we are, we are great. This is a love and welcome, open and accepting community. Everybody feels safe and happy here. And then some people who don't look like the white people are going like, well, hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite exactly my experience here. Yeah. And, and there's, and there's like a, <laughs> Calling me shocked, pun intended. Uh, around, around, I was just going to ask you that. I'm like, around, oh, good call there. Thank you. Around, around, around the whole, around the whole experience, and it's important to realize because I am not having the same experience that you are having, does not mean either of our in- experiences are invalidated. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get in arguments about that and try to tell other people what they experienced or what they didn't experience or what they shouldn't have experienced or shouldn't have felt because they didn't feel that. And, uh, or, or even thinking, so this is a, this is another Avenue kind of thing, even thinking that when I listen to your experience, um, so like I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm white body, you're a black man. And even listening to your experience, living this life as a black person in the U S that there's any possibility that I could even understand, which right. there isn't. Um, and yet we still, um, even that is a, is a, you know, I, I'm never going to understand. I'm never going to know. And yet am I willing to just let it be and not understand, which is hard for the brain. 
It, it is. And, and this goes both ways. I'm a man. You're a woman. I am never going to understand. You don't want to. Been like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. And I'm acute. And I'm acute. And, and I said this in a sermon one time. I'm like, um, for the most part, we're, we're all existing in some place of privilege. Sure. Yeah. I am black in America. So we, we know what privilege I don't have. But I'm I am male in a patriarchal society. I am straight in a heteronormative society. So, able-bodied. so I'm able bodied, right? Uh there's I'm right handed. Yep. <laughs> in a in a world Christian, that was made Christian for right lineage. Christian Christian lineage, right? So there's English English speaking. There's there's a lot of privileges. Uh you, you know, we we call it our social location. There's a lot of places closer to the center, the locus of power that that I still exist even as a black person. So each of us are carrying this and we, mm-hmm. we've got to be, sort of be acutely aware of it so that when somebody else shows up and says, here's my experience, right. then we can be open to hearing that and, and perhaps come to a place of empathy uh, with them and also ask ourselves, um, did where's, where's my level of accountability in creating that experience, you know, back, back to my whole, back to my whole rant at the beginning of the show with, with my mom, you know, had I called her sometime in the last two weeks, I might've heard from her Mm. about her condition. She probably would have told me if I had asked, maybe she would, maybe she wouldn't, I'll never know. So I can, I can own that, that we're in this weird place that has existed for much of our life. And and here's an adult. I can own my piece of that. Yeah. Um, when it when it comes when it comes to uh, to um, anti racism and dismantling white supremacy, where what piece do I own? And and for a lot of people of color, we we have what we call internalized oppression, right? And and for me, it shows up. It shows up, or it has showed up in the past, uh, in a form called colorism. And, and colorism is like just one of the nasty, nasty offsprings of racism in the form of colonialism that happens in, in a lot of times when, so like Barbados was a British colony. There are many British colonies out there. And one of the tried and true tactics of those oppressors was to make people of lighter skin of better, greater value. So the lighter my skin, the closer I am to whiteness. Therefore I have higher value. It's, it's all nonsense, but, but that was a tactic applied so that, so that we people of color were so busy pitting ourselves against each other. We didn't, we didn't seek our own liberation. And, and even, and to this day that, that still exists. Uh, You know, I remember, I remember growing up, um, hearing things like don't, don't play in the sun too long. It'll make your skin too dark. Uh, you know, and, and, and things like that. Um, uh, we, we see it here in the U S when, 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 um, immigrants come from, um, African nations, uh, and are much, much darker skin and other people look down on a, a lighter skinned black folk. It, it happens all the time. Um, this colorism thing. So, so that's that I own as my piece of maintaining, the white supremacy culture and and my work is to become acutely aware of when that kicks in when that comes into play when i'm when i'm when i'm looking down on someone for whatever reason um related to the color of the skin or their ethnicity or place of origin you know it happens a lot um that the colorism i've been um it's kind of hard to not notice um, in advertising and in marketing, you know, where mm-hmm. um, more often than not, um, and and I'm seeing it a lot for you know now that the for Christmas, you know, if you're if you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, apparently apparently I'm I'm behind because all the commercials are telling me so. Um, but when well, you also the uh, also the uh, what do you call it the the trade the trade backups the yes. supply trade supply things everybody's yes. like if you want your Christmas gifts of time you have to order them now right yeah they may sit in a dock for nine weeks but um, it, when you start looking when I start looking at the marketing and the commercials and ads and things there are you know 
people of color, um, you know, brown or black, but it's, um, but I find myself looking at it. And, and of course, I can't know how someone identifies just by looking at them. But if you watch them enough, and you see them, what I notice is the colorism. Um, There are not while it while it may be kind of clear that, um, uh, um, you know, that these are are people of color in the commercial, it's definitely lighter skinned. Um, yeah, that, and, that that happens a lot. And 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 I'm also noticing that it's uh, that it's also changing, that there's also the intentional um, um, insertion of, of darker skinned people. Yes. And, and multi multi ethnic and multiracial um, yes. folks in, in commercials yes. as, as well. And and, you know, the uh, the conspiracy theorist in me or rather the skeptic in me is is like, hey, that's cool. Representation matters. And is this company doing this because they're really trying to be better or is it performative or is it performative? Right. And, and I don't like being that paranoid skeptic. I will. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I'll you. I'll hold the skepticism anchor for this paradox. <laughs> there, you, there you go. We got to take a break. We will be right back with more with just with love and justice for all. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome back to With Love and Justice for All. We, uh, when we went to break, we had, uh, today's show actually is both and versus both sides. And, and so for the first part, we, we were kind of unpacking and talking about what both and means and kind of how it shows up and how we engage that. And so we're going to um, shift to talk a little bit about what both sides means and then um, kind of bring them both together. So if you want to join the conversation, call 816-251-3555, or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram at our handle, which is at Get Our Holy On. So where did we leave off, senor? Oh, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Um, I think Always. Hello. <laughs> so I think we'd wrapped up the both and conversation and, um, and, and let's talk a little bit about both sides because – because this this both sides is more again the the sort of attitude that um, in in being inclusive and open in in trying to engage in a both and sort of environment that we have to hear and value all perspectives that come in. So I'm a fan it's of. A, I think it's the both sides is a trickster way of saying either or. It, it it is it i think it i i think it is sometimes i i think it is i think it is but but not really cuz either or kind of makes you have to pick one right for me yeah. the for me the both sides it's saying that you know this if 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 we're being welcoming and opening to all perspective then then this idea should also also needs value to your idea. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. We're here talking about dismantling white supremacy and anti-racism. One of the ideas that's floating around out there is the uh what we call the great the sorry, the white replacement theory, right? That that there's that um as the minority what has been hitherto called the minority populations, black and brown people, BIPOC folk, as as numbers continue to naturally increase then the numbers of the white populace relative will percentage will decrease. So this, so, so what's a, what's a um, prevailing thought around sometimes in uh, not just white supremacists, but in white supremacy culture is that, uh, that, that whites are being replaced and, 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 and there needs to, we got, we got to talk about that. Um, we got to, we got to create some, some sort of policies. We're going to lose our power. It's going to be horrible. Yada, yada, yada. That's not an idea. I think that we need to give a lot of value to, yep. <laughs> right? I don't, uh, you, you may have that thought. You might want to share that thought. Good for you. 
that's not a thought I think we need to give a lot of, uh, again, value or airtime to. And, and when we don't, then sometimes there's that accusation of, well, that's also being racist, right? Um, not, not part of the both end when, when someone says, um, and, and we, we, we've seen this recently, a lot of elections, uh, when someone says, um, I don't want, for example, critical race theory being taught in schools, even though it's not being taught in schools, basically what we're saying is I don't want my children to, to be taught, you know, accurate American history, which again, is not, not exactly critical race theory. We talked about that last week. Um, uh, but, um, I don't want my children to be taught accurate American history because then they gonna feel bad about being white. And I don't want my kids to feel bad about being white. Uh, and therefore we shouldn't teach it. We shouldn't teach them accurate history. I don't think that's a perspective that needs a lot of audience airtime or value. Unfortunately, it's been getting it and it's been, it's been shifting elections. You know, we hear parents say, I, my, my kid doesn't, my, my kid in a public school or even a private school in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, doesn't know what race is. And I don't want him to know that he's different from his classmate, even though, even though children as three years and younger, they know what race is, you know, do some research, do your own research. I'm air quoting again, do your own research. Uh, uh, You know, there's been many studies that show that children can identify, they know the difference in races as early as two and three years old. So you're not, you're not sparing them from anything um, in that, in that regards. But so that's what I mean by we don't need to give airtime to both sides. And, and, and we saw this um, a lot in the last four to six years when uh, he who should not be named was running for president and became president. Um, and, and there were a lot of news outlets and main and, and media outlets that were being accused of not giving equal airtime to the uh, other points of view other than progressive points of view. But a lot of those other points of view were not um, conservative in the strictest sense in terms of like conservative economic policies or again, air quotes, family values. And I hate to say that out loud. Um, but again, a lot of those, those other perspectives skewed, skewed very anti-immigrant, uh, for example. And no, I don't believe, and I don't think that an anti-immigrant policy needs a lot of airtime. No, no. So part of, part of what, part of what, you know, like the, the white replacement theory and a lot of the fear that, that inhabits those who push back against anti-racism is about losing the privilege. Um, and sometimes losing is to your benefit. Absolutely. That we just don't know it. Yeah. No one, no one has told us, you know, us white folks, uh, what to, um, What's to be gained by losing my privilege? Because, you know, you and I are doing this uh, 846 book study on Tuesday nights for November, the book by Heather McGee, The Sum of Us, S-U-M, where, you know, that's one of the three main principles in the book is that we are in this, we believe this zero sum game, which is that my good will take away from your good. So if you take away my, you know, if privilege goes away, I'm, you know, going to lose. If you gain more privilege, more access, you know, equity, then I'm going to lose something, which is really just a load of doo-doo. But we, no one's told us, you know, no one's, no one's kind of pointed out where, how we all lose. And that's what makes the book so powerful. But, um, and we just did two, two weeks in a row. So go back to a, you know, with love and justice for all the two couple of previous episodes. But um, I still want to come back to this, you know, both sides thing that I think it's, I still think it's largely, uh, you know, veiled as either or that even if you don't believe, you know, everything you said, like white replacement theory, and, you know, immigrants are destroying, you know, family values, or they're going to take away jobs or whatever it is, there's still groups of people that believe that, and 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 kind of hold that and something else and like the whole sides idea the minute you say both sides you're talking about two and the the unspoken energy behind it is that i'm supposed to pick one Mm. 
Um, yeah, you know, I can see that. I can see that. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I mean when I say it's sort of, you know, the, the trickster, which is um, the either or thinking or is is part of, you know, white body culture the the um, uh, that that you're supposed to pick one that either or is a thing and um, that there is a, um, you know, a right way or a white way. And um, that we, that, you know, that, that there's going to be a loss that somebody's going to lose something. Yeah. And I, um, I just, I guess I, I, this, so this is where the both and comes in because the, the, the kind of the antidote to the, the both sides, you know, whether you're talking liberal, conservative, you know, political parties. Um, I mean, we have so much language around this or this, you know, that, that lives on this sort of linear spectrum as opposed to a both and, which is a dynamic energy system that we move, you know, it's not, it's not even a balance of them both. Mm-hmm. It's literally a dynamic energy system. And and now I'm doing the Italian thing with my hands to explain it and only nobody can see. <laughs> um, but, but both and really is a, a dynamic energy system that we move through that at times it's, you know, valuing, um, you know, contemplative practices. And then there's, we move into being in action and kind of, you know, back to, to contemplative. And then there's, um, you know, uh, just uh, over, you know, accountability, you know, yes, there's accountability and, and, and at the same time a freedom, you know, and sort of organic and moving through the unknown. There's, you know, there's being our best self and then doing, our best. There's, you know, times of caution and then there's times of just boldly, you know, moving forward and on and on and on. And those are all both. And we get stuck in thinking that with both sides, that it's this, that, and even the sides means that there's, I think of a, a seesaw. Remember the teeter totter or that Mm -hmm. in the, you know, for kids um, that there's these two things and um, um yeah, so I just uh, it, it gets so, obviously it gets me going. <laughs> it just gets a little, me moving because just a little I, bit hands all over the place, hands all I over. Know. The place. <laughs> talk a bit of it. Let's come back. Let's uh, talk a little bit uh, again um, about the the advantages of losing privilege. Absolutely, we um, we actually when we lose our privilege, um, we we are permanently relieved of that savior complex. One of the unconscious, unexamined assumptions about white privilege and, and its philosophy is that, that we, you know, white folks, and, and please, anybody that's, whenever you listen to me and I say, you know, and I use a word like white or people of color or bodies of culture, I don't really, I don't mean it monolithic that we're all exactly the same because we all each bring our own unique, you know, life experience and our lineage to the table. But there is this, these cultural norms that are white privilege, that are white body supremacy, cultural norms. And so there is this idea of the savior, um, that complex and the savior mentality role. And when we lose, when we're willing to let go of that, to actually, you know, move back, step back and not, um, uh, we, we, it's actually a relief. And I don't think, I think most, uh, white folks don't necessarily even know that they, that they live in that kind of, um, savior mentality or in that role, uh, you know, a fixing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's a, our own, our own networks radically change. And how could you not have an expanded worldview? You know, um, relationships are enriched and expanded and, uh, and, you know, world, our world opens even wider in ways that we could never imagine or ever know um, or ever, um, you know, whether it's just, you know, relationship like personal or with work or, you know, professionally, and, um, it just complete, it enriches our entire human experience that, um, 
you know, to, to move through these relationships and networks without fear, without prejudice. Um, and uh, just who doesn't want, you know, their world a little expanded or, I mean, I do, I'm, I'm always interested in, in connecting and knowing what, what am I, I like that five-year-old at Christmas, like, Hey, you know, what's, what am I missing out on? Or almost let's, let's use the energy of FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Let's (laughs) use that for our good, which is you're missing out on something. Um, You know, if you're not willing to, to lose the privilege. Yeah. Well, you know, change is scary back to the whole needing to be safe. But yes, change, absolutely. Absolutely. You, but change, you know, change, change is also for better. Well, I think it always is. It just depends how we make meaning of it. <laughs> There's that too. Um, the other, you know, the other thing about losing privilege is that we each then um, we really do stand on our own accomplishments. We really do stand on our own successes. You know, I know that as a, as a white body that I have unearned privileges and unearned benefits and they're always, you know, I'm always, Oh, look, there it is again, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and, and then there's, you know, the question when I watch someone who, who maybe is a, a, a person of color, you know, get a job. And I look at, I'm like, wait a minute, when you look at the resume or the experience, I'm like, okay, do they, is, is it an accomplishment thing or is Ari now into a color thing, you know? And all of a sudden I see my, you know, some of it is my white privilege showing up and some of it is, you know, is this affirmative action going on? Or is this in, in an organization's zeal to look diverse? you know, kind of thing. So, so, so now you are, you are experiencing, yeah. you're experiencing the experience of black folk forever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And so what, what, so coming back to my last point of like standing on your own accomplishments is mm-hmm. that, so yes, I have that question and connected to that is that, um, I want me and every person to have an experience that your accomplishments, your successes, your um, um, whatever benefits you have are, we've all earned them yeah. you know, the, the same, in the same way that we all are, you know, able to move through adversity with the same support, with the same, you know, um, whatever resources at our disposal that move through wonderful, meaningful, successful, abundant life with, you know, access to, to resources. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, what may, may, what may have spurred that thinking about the, you know, when white folks say, was this person hired over me because they were black again, the reverse of the experience that, you know, most black people have had for a very long time, you know, what, what, a lot of companies, organizations, businesses have been doing is in order one in order to, for lack of a better term, right the ship a little bit, they may have done more hiring um, because they're in a company that's overwhelmingly white. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we need to do more hiring of, of people of color in order to try and balance things out a little bit. Um, so, so no, it's not, it's not, what, what's the term reverse, reverse racism, reverse uh, I, discrimination, I whatever it is, <laughs> right? Which is not a thing. Which is not a thing or an idea that needs more airtime. No, <laughs> okay. Not... I'm being quiet now. I didn't say, <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Erase, just... erase. We'll go back and edit that out. <laughs> no, no, we're not. I know. I don't think we could if we wanted to. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, that's not a thing. So, so, um, in, in about the 10 minutes we have left, let's talk about how do we know if we are both and in or both sides in? I don't know if that's the correct verb transitive form of those terms, but we're going with it. Well, for me, uh, one big thing is if I'm, if I have the, the idea and the thinking that picking, noticing that there are potentially two things at play and my thinking I need to pick one and then I'll feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. and it can be really that process can go very quickly and I could even you know pick one that do the either or thing before I even realize I've done the either or thing because I don't want to be uncomfortable 
right? The yeah. discomfort thing. Um, so one, uh, so that's, it's, it's really, you know, how do I know what I don't know? Well, you have to keep noticing the discomfort in the body. That's so when you and I talk about embodied anti-racism, it's when you're uncomfortable, when there's discomfort, when you don't have a sense of safety, when you're, you know, have the sense when you, whatever is going on, that's uncomfortable and, and kind of got you torqued up, you know, is, is the pause where in my body do I feel it? Yeah. Um, And then what is it that I'm, you know, noticing when there is this either or going on, being able to hear myself, right. Being able to hear others. So notice when I am using, um, either or language or someone else, and then take some time to come up with some more alternatives. So it doesn't have the energy of either or, you know, what's, um, you know, and um, being able to, when I'm in that thing of everybody has an opinion, everybody needs to express their perspective. And then in allowing myself to go, okay, do they all carry the same weight and being willing to say, no, they don't. Which exactly. Moves me into, Oh, I'm uncomfortable now. Yes. Yes. The, dis- the discomfort of calling out some of those opinions. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when you start and that, and we move into the either or because we're trying to simplify something complex. Um, mm. And we've moved into that, the white body supremacy, urgency that the white cultural urgency thing like gotta get her done gotta pick one gotta you know we make a decision you know we can't have some breathing space we you know if the stakes are too high we gotta you know kind of thing rather than just slowing down and um pausing and and taking a breath and um, allowing for other alternatives, like be creative. When we're in that urgency thing, it's the, we're in an amygdala hijack. Yeah. We're not, you know, you're not engaging our creative, intuitive nature. Yes. So. Agreed. Agreed. Um, don't make decisions under pressure like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's let's be clear we do we do find ourselves in situations where some things are time sensitive yep um and and again noticing even in that moment is it is it coming from from that place of i'm afraid i might get this wrong and then we're definitely stuck in the either or place or can we in that moment going back to that in, in embodied experience can we in that moment settle ourselves in the body, settle the bodies, center, settle and center and, and, yep. and breathe into the moment. Right. And, and, and trust all these spiritual principles that we're known for in unity. Trust that, that in that moment, we, we are all the wisdom that we need in the moment. Um, and, and, and take the moment to decide there's, there's, there's no urgent decision that you can't make 30 seconds later. Right. <laughs> right? You know, and if it's if if it's a literal life or death situation, your instinctive reflexes are going to take over. Just trust those, um, to, right. you know, to to use, to use an extreme example. But um, so so as you go forward, notice notice in your homes, in your workplaces, in your in your churches and spiritual communities, notice where there's that that tendency of we're just we're just taking all. We're just taking all the perspectives in order to quote unquote not make anyone feel uncomfortable. Are we are we saying, oh, this is what it means to be loving um, and accepting, which means we take all the we take all the perspectives and and do we let them all again have equal value, equal say? Do we have to put practices to all opinions or all feelings? Um, notice notice when this is happening. And we're not we're not sitting here saying, well, because it's happening doesn't mean we should or shouldn't. We're saying, are you even noticing? And then if right. you're noticing, have a have a conversation around um, what you're what you're noticing. Um, there's a great quote by Martin Luther King Jr. that you have here, yeah, I love which it. I love. Power without love is reckless and abusive. Love without power is sentimental and anemic. Power at its best is love implementing the demands of justice. And justice at its best is power correcting everything that stands against love. So love is just not this like 
oh, we're going to just take it all that's going on. No, that's, that's not <clears throat> what it's about. Nope. Um, it's, 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 it's gotta be combined with, 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 with power, you know, and if you want to take this to the whole level of, of, of our 12 powers is what we're talking about as well. Um, you know, that, that, that power to, to stand in a place of, of justice, to stand in a place of going, it's okay to be uncomfortable because that idea, that opinion, that perspective is not grounded in love. It's not grounded in justice and equity and equanimity. So it's not even grounded in power. It's not even grounded in anything really. It's grounded. No. In, it's grounded in fear. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it's, um, and unfortunately it's, uh, the idea of, you know, all perspectives are welcome here and what that really is meaning, um, you know, underneath that is I'm hearing in far too many spiritual communities and um, from yes. spiritual leaders and that um, and wanting to hear from everybody and uh, not being willing to take on the question, do they all carry the same weight and then say no, then say no. And then say uh, no. Yeah, I think it's I think it's one of the uh, I think it's the the natural expansion, the unfortunate natural expansion of the quote unquote, we honor all paths to God. Right, that we yes. hear in unity churches. Yeah. It, that's, yes. that's that's how it ends up being manifested, which is which is not the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, speaking speaking of of getting practice and being in that discomfort, if you're listening to this um, before before Tuesday, I don't even know if this is going to be posted today. But if it is posted today on Tuesday before uh, seven thirty p.m. Eastern, join our book uh, study tonight of. The sum of us, if you've never been in the book study with us or read the material, it doesn't matter. Come join the discussion. And if you're listening to this before Wednesday at 7.30, on Wednesday we have in our affinity groups where, again, we come together and 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 we 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 wallow no not wallow what 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 do pigs do in mud we dive into what do pigs do in mud they roll they roll they around roll, they, yes in the, dis in the discomfort into, we, yes we do we we wiggle around in the mud and the muck the, and the discomfort and the love and the justice exactly and it's a safe space it's a welcoming space and you can find out all that information at projectsanctus.com um, and, Go under events and services, and you'll see several things listed because you need to register. There you um, go to get to get to get the Zoom link. <sighs> I think I'm gonna go call my mom now <laughs> <laughs> to bring this to bring this full circle. <laughs> That's all we got for you today. <laughs> for with love and justice for all, uh, we will see you same time next week. Let's get our holy on. Let's get our holy on.